drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. This is your host, Derek Okri. We are excited to have you back. There is a lot going on with the Detroit Lions. So you guys know the routine. Every week we got this guy, and his name's Grifka, the waffle maker. You know, he comes on here. I introduce him. He says some gimmick lines. We know him. But this week, we got the one and only Logan Lamarandier here on the show from Sports Illustrated, all Lions, always dropping knowledge, always fun to talk to. Logan, how you doing this week? Hello? Are you there? Logan, calling Logan. Hello? Pretty interesting week, so... Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Logan, we, we've been working on your technical, but and you, and you sounded amazing until we started recording, and I missed everything you said there except the end. <laughs> oh, well, I just greeted you both as a, as a hello, and I said, yeah, there's a lot going on. Did that sound better? <laughs> I, I think we got you that time, but, man, I, I gave you this big intro, and then I got, like, um. 30 seconds of nothing from you. So, I, I mean, I didn't know I didn't know how to take that, but we're off and running, everybody. This is how we do it on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But Waffle Maker, I know you're there. I know you got here like <clears throat> one second before the show. You, you got your napkin with a couple negative scribbles on it that you're going to probably throw Logan's way and try to get him to agree with you, which I'm sure he won't, which is why I love having him on the show. How are you doing this week? Doing good. Doing good. Nice to be talking to you guys. <laughs> You know I can't let you get away with that. There's a double for you. Uh, Logan, let, let's do this. Let's do a little just kind of three dudes talking lines, start the show, and then we'll get into some questions with you. But since we last had you on, I mean, season ended. It, it wasn't a good season. Um, the Lions went through an exhaustive search for the GM, a head coach, brought in everybody under the sun. They decided on Brad Holmes as the GM word is Dan Campbell will be the coach. I mean, that's going to happen. We're recording here on a Tuesday, probably tomorrow or Thursday at the latest. He'll be the head coach of this team. Uh, where are you at with all this? Let's just talk about it as three of us here in general. Um, how's your, how are you feeling right now about it? I'm feeling all right, I guess. Um, again, you know, it's, it's not like either Campbell, you know, the Campbell. Yes. It's not official yet, but at the same time, um, you know, Brad Holmes, the new GM, I understand why the Lions hired him. I think they're going for pure culture fit. And I do like Holmes' background in terms of college scouting because I think that's vitally important. I also like just the structure that Holmes was under uh, well in L.A. Uh, with the Rams and just how they did things. And I think the Lions are kind of 
going to adopt that. So um, using analytics and things like that nature, I, I, I like the theory behind homes. I would have maybe preferred someone with more experience, but at the same time, usually there's guys out there who are on the open market and would be considered free retreads for a reason. So I'm, I'm good with homes. I'm more than willing to give them a shot. Campbell, you know, I, I want to remain optimistic. You know, we haven't seen much from him outside of what he did in Miami as an interim head coach and uh, as being an assistant head coach and a tight ends coach in new Orleans, it's kind of, it's kind of like, where does that leave us in terms of, you know, the X's and O's with him and how, is he a brilliant football mind or is he a leader first and foremost? And I think the lions really uh, wanted the latter in that where he's a guy who is going to be a leader for sure. He's a guy who can motivate and just relies on the guys he hires and not only from the coaching staff on down, but even upwards to the executives. I think it's just going to be a lot more autonomy and relying on people to do their jobs. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to win the NFL. I say that all the time, and you just kind of have to wait and see. But anytime you're hiring an experience, it is a bit of a gamble that they're going to work out, and you have to just trust. The obviously the Lions front office really loved these interviews, and they came away with these were the top guys and the right fit. So the Lions have tried just about everything. I feel like so uh, I don't blame them for. Go, thinking maybe a little bit outside the box, whereas with fans had a few people pegged as their top GM and head coaching candidates, but the Lions are, they have to really reverse the culture of the last regime. And to do that, you have to hire these leader types. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see, but again, without having a, a ton of experience to kind of go back and look at how uh, both Holmes and Campbell have done it, it doesn't give you a ton of information to work with other than just waiting and seeing. Logan, as always a very uh, intelligent, measured, fair response uh, to a very broad question and where this team is at. Grifka, before I turn to you, just a few warnings, please don't bring down the show, but please don't tell me about the last 30 years of your fandom and why this hasn't worked and how you're skeptical and, and go on all this big rant that you normally do on the show. Please follow Logan's thoughts up with something uh, in the same realm in regards to uh, entertainment value and uh, uh, a smart, good response. Where are you at with the GM and the head coach there uh, at Griffka DKC? Well, it kind of goes against what they had stated when they were first starting to look for the GM and the coach, how they wanted experience. I don't, I don't know how much of a smokescreen was that. Maybe the people that had the experience, they weren't like what they were saying. But um, with hiring how they did with little to no experience in those positions, I believe this, I guess, regime is going to have more um, slack than, say, the last one. You know, Bob Quinn came in. They kind of you know, they forced Jim Caldwell on him, and they all he was ultimately looking to get rid of him, get his own coach. And once you do that, you know, you're pretty much, you know, you have to if you don't swim fast, you're going to sink, and they're going to get rid of you. And that's what happened there. I think this regime, unless something's so blatantly obvious in that first year, that's just like, gosh, we made such a terrible hire. That's that's not going to work. I believe this crew is going to have, you know, more years to work it out, and they're going to preach a lot of patience to the Detroit Lions fans 
you know, it's like, hey, give them time. You know, this team was in such a disarray when they took it over that they're going to have more time to build the uh, team in their vision than, say, Bob Quinn and uh, Matt Patricia had. All right. Well, I, I mean, I guess where I'm at with it is, like, I, I want to serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid. I really do. Drink it in, man. I mean, we're, we're always bringing out a hot bread, a cornbread from the oven. Corn Cornbread! But but here's where I'm at with this right now. Like, I, I'm at the old uh, show me. Uh, I'm at the uh, let me see your draft picks. Let me see what you do with the quarterback. Let me see what you do with this roster in regards to bringing in talent, cultivating a young, aggressive, you know, as good in regards to salary cap, as well as, you know, maybe pulling the trigger on, I don't know, a couple trades that are actually more than just some no name for a seventh round conditional. Like, you know, Brad Holmes will be judged on that by me of kind of what he does as well as, you know, what he what he cooks up, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not totally sold. I mean, yeah, he's worked his way up through the ranks, but I mean, when you haven't done the job, you're going to come in and be sort of discombobulated and, Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I didn't know we'd do that. Um, just kind of like feeling his way through the job and sort of first time he does, you know, an actual contract with a player. Yeah. He probably was involved in other places, but it's different when you're doing it straight up and you're kind of a main guy as well as making that selection and not just saying, well, I kind of like this guy and this guy and this guy like Grifka does. And then when you don't pick him, he waits and then can say, I told you so, you know, he's going to be different that way. And as far as Dan Campbell goes as the head coach, I mean, I don't think he was on anybody's top of the radar. It's like, Oh man, I just got to have Dan Campbell. But I mean, when you look at him, uh, when you kind of draw up a football coach, you know, in the dirt, he kind of looks like Dan Campbell. He talks like Dan Campbell. Uh, you know, he, he, he seems like a Spielman guy to me. So like, I'm kind of holding out hope, but I've definitely been talking to buddies who know I'm the, I'm full of Detroit Kool-Aid and always pumping it up and always going crazy. And like with this hire, when you got no experience, no track record, as well as just two guys that yeah, they seem like decent guys. They can kind of talk their way. They're probably going to be a little bit cooler, like Grifka hinted on, or just sort of rolling with the punches and this whole, you know, we'll get into it later, the whole structure that's being set up by the Lions. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, hit, hit on some draft picks, re- reshape the roster. Dan Campbell, come in there, no nonsense, and do some things, and I'd be excited. But, you know, right now, somewhat TBD as well as just like, I can't just jump on board. Uh, when, like Grifka said, no experience, and, and Logan, you kind of hit it on as well. Just, you know, we we don't know what to expect really from these guys, but we're everybody's hopeful. I think that for sure. So, a- any objections? Any big comebacks, Logan? You want to jump in there? No, I I really agree with it. It's just an experience that for a team, <laughs> it is counter, just basically the opposite of what the Fords said, at, or maybe it was Rod Wood more specifically said that. You know, they wanted experience. They didn't really get anyone with experience, uh, direct experience. Obviously, they're, they moved up the ranks, both these guys, for a reason, and they're in the position they are now because they were successful at what they were doing. But anytime they're put in a new role, again, that can completely change the dynamic of things, and you don't know how uh, everything was done in the past and how much power position in the position that they had and what kind of decisions they were making. So it is. It's it's truly TBD. Like you said, you have to wait and see how it goes and you can't, you're, you don't know. It started getting to the point with Quinn and Patricia where it was just so obvious what they were going to do, the type of players that they wanted. Um, 
they're just very predictable. And at this point, you know, there's, we don't know anything about these two guys. So it is, it's going to be fun kind of trying to break it all down and looking back at the film and maybe selections of homes and just trying to gather as much information as possible. Cause it's a long off season and yes, the drafts in there and free agency, which definitely is a lot of fun, but I imagine there's going to be a ton of homework to do on these guys. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Grifka, I want to throw this at you. Um, you know, again, you often kind of figure out why it's not going to go right. Here's my spin on it. These guys are both in their early to mid 40s. Like I said, home seems to be that scout, that guy that can identify and, and draft talent. That's kind of what the GM's main role is now. Like I said, I tried to tell you before, there's a lot of the things that go on to trying to change all the infrastructure as well as all the other stuff you have to deal with as a GM. But he's got, he's got the main piece from on paper, at least. It'll, it'll all come down to who he selects for the Lions as the main guy. But he seems to have that. Dan Campbell seems to be that football coach. They loved him when he was the interim guy in, in Miami. Um, you know, he he's kind of just went to a, a place like the Saints where he's got to l- learn under um, Sean Payton there, who's just a great football mind, real aggressive, kind of a no-nonsense guy. And this might just be his time, too. I mean, he, he should have the respect of the players based on being a former player, based on the fact that he's just a big old beast, and that, like, I, I think he can he can gain their trust and, and kind of do it differently than Matt Patricia and others did. So I think there's a lot of that going in the right direction on the, on the Kool-Aid side of things. Are you bought into the young group, hungry, never had their opportunity before, maybe this is the perfect elixir, or are you sitting there going Grifka saying, I've seen this before, no experience, nobody wanted these guys, going to come in and be three, four years of just junk football um i can't oh, say boy. i've seen this before because go. i've never really seen this happen this way before where they have a they've taken a gm and a head coach that you know don't have that experience i mean yeah dan campbell was what interim current interim coach in miami for what like 10 12 games a few years ago and um so yeah maybe it is that like you said like logan said trying something totally different that they never tried before so Getting the respect of the players, that's going to have to be, you know, besides just looking like a coach and talking, it's like, hey, I know I've, I've been through the same thing you guys have been through. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a little more to it than that. And like some of the Sean Payton, you know, you know, magic did rub off as he was what one of his top assistants. That's what, you know, I kept reading, you know, at Lions 24-7. There you go. You can ding me on that. But um, <laughs> so – and that, and, um, you know, the Rams, like you said, uh, you know, what they've drafted, you can uh, eye some talent. It's like you said, TBD, but I'm I'm really hoping this one really works out. <laughs> Logan, let me come back to you on this. This is one thing I want to see if you agree with me here. One thing I think the head coach has to have, I don't care who his coordinators are or what, I think one of the main goals of the head coach is to outthink out-strategize and just out-motivate his team to beat the other team and make good in-game decisions under fire when the chips are down to help you win ball games. Like, do you feel like Dan Campbell has that? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. We don't really know. And you can look at the small sample size while well in Miami and, you know, he took over uh, was like a one and three team and then ended, I want to say at five and seven under him. And you don't know how much, 
pull he has in New Orleans and Sean Payton and how much say he has and everything. And if you're really thinking about truly X's and O's and out game planning, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be Campbell because he's, you'd think he'd be at least a, a offensive coordinator. Or, you know, he was an offensive guy, so I doubt he'd be a defensive coordinator, but you just think he'd be a, a coordinator if he really had the, a great football mind. And I think that's why you hear Spielman mention all the time about culture, culture, culture. And I think that's exactly what Campbell is, is he can provide the culture, but he's going to have to rely on other people really um, to help him out. In my mind, it, you can assume that he's going to be great with, you know, all the things you listed, but you know, I, I don't like to assume things usually before I even have an opinion on something. I'd like to have some data backing that. And that's where it's really <laughs> difficult to find with Campbell. Well, that's what I'm throwing it on you, though. Like, if he's just a culture guy, if he's just a former player, if he's just a tough guy, if he's a let's go Oklahoma drill and let's man up and stop being a wimp out there type of guy. I mean, does that win at the NFL level? Like, I didn't want a wimpy coordinator that's like, you know, 200 pounds, skinny, you know, uh, offensive coordinator that nobody has any respect for, but he can draw it up on the grease board either. But I think it comes down to some of those top coaches you look at that got both, you know, they got a little moxie to them. They got some, some background and can get up in your face, but they can also just out scheme you out. You know, they, what Sean Payton ran that trick play and that, you know, those things sometimes win you ball games. Whereas like sometimes that whole culture and work hard and pad level, I don't know if it gets it done. If you can't outthink and out strategize the other head coach, cause these guys are no dummies. These guys are no, um, you know, this is high school football. This is the top level. So that's kind of my concern. If I'm going to throw a concern out there is that he might bring all the culture in the world. He might be tough. The players might like him. Hey, on Sunday, can you and your coordinators and whoever come up with a game plan that's going to beat some of these top-level coaches and, and organizations? Grifka, what do you think about that? Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Derek, because rah-rah, uh, you, know, you always hear these stories about how rah-rah works in college, and you want that, you know, it's like if you're looking for that in the pros, by the time they're grown men, they've seen it before, they don't need to have some guy, you know, doing you know headbutting their head or you know trying to punch a locker or something like that you just have to get them motivated and you know the, so your your team knows that we, we've out schemed these guys in key situations and who the lions face every year and seems you know i mean they're gonna have to like you know shut down obviously green bay's looking good with their head coach and and you know chicago chicago but still in minnesota had a down year but can he out scheme those teams and with nothing backing it up other than, you know, you know, I was under Sean Payton and obviously he's good at out scheming people. It's, it's, it's hard to say. And I don't think he can just go in and just yell and scream. And the guys are going to, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to run for, you know, through a wall for this guy. I mean, these are grown men. They're pros. They've seen it all before. Show me like, like you said, show me. I think that's what the players are going to do as well. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens because I'm like it's I'm in this weird dilemma where I'm like real excited because it's two guys that it's not like a retread per se like hey we know this guy runs this or hey he had success ten years ago these are kind of new fresh guys that you don't know what they got in their bag what kind of moxie they got what kind of 
you know, things can they draw up? What can they, how can they motivate? Really don't know. Same with Holmes. People aren't going to have a good read on him in the draft. Nobody's going to be sitting there going, oh, we know what type of player this guy's going after. We, we know what he's going to do at pick seven. Everything's wide open for this guy, and that's exciting to me. And then the back end isn't exciting because, you know, th- there isn't a winning history. The Lions have continued to try to find that next thing, and they just continue to hire inexperience, no track record you know, hoping that it's going to work and it hasn't worked. And for me, it's like, Hey, I do hope this is the combo, but there isn't too much on paper. They can say, yep, this is going to be dynamic. Can't wait to see it. But I'm hope by like week four, week six of next season, I'm going to be saying, Oh baby, look, look at how we're rolling. Look at this head coach. Love this guy. Look at, look at our GM. Look at what he did in April in the draft. Look at these guys get out in the football field and play. I hope that's what happens. Logan, I'm sure you're there with me on that. It's just like, we hope, there is some exciting parts and there's some worry if we're going to be real about it. Yeah, very much. I, I think there is concern, but you know, we weren't there for the interviews either. And you have to kind of take into account that this is an interview process and they must've had great interviews and they, they said all the right things. And <laughs> I feel like a lot of times, a lot of the hires that the lions make say all the right things and they believe them and it's something different is going to have to happen this time around because you can't just have the coach speak and, you know, just the real articulate talkers that are selling things to you. That has to be shown on the field. No doubt. Uh, Let's get into one more thing, take our break and we'll come back and fire some questions at you, Logan. But right before we start recording the, the press conference went down for Brad Holmes I mean, I watched it. I was busy with some other things. I'm going to have to go back and kind of rehear it, break it down. But this was my take. I want to get all your guys' initial take on it. To me, they spent way too much time with Sheila and Rod Wood to start out. Sheila with her prepared statement. There's something weird to me about Sheila Ford Hamp. Like, I feel like, in a way, she's very strategic and smart and kind of on the ball. And then I'm also, like, really worried because... You know, she's reading off a paper. We know she's not like a football nut inside and out. Like, I I just don't know what to think about her. She's like the smartest lady at the church meeting. You know what I mean? Where it's like you see her and you're like, wow, she's a little bit older and, you know, but she's kind of with it. I I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with, but she did a big old talk and she just pumped up Brad Holmes. Like, oh my God, wait, wait till you hear this guy. It's just going to blow you out the room. And then they went to bumbling Rod Wood and he was just kind of like, they asked him a couple questions. It seemed like he didn't want to say peep one, one, because he didn't seem to know. And two, he knows if he tries to say anything, everybody's going to blow him up because like, man, you don't know football. You don't know what you're doing. Like go back to sponsorships in the ticket room. You know what I mean? But when Brad Holmes got up there, it was meh for me. It was like nothing he said was like, wow, I can't wait to see that in action. Or wow, that was a dynamic statement. Or I mean, wow, this guy's a real just charismatic guy. It was like he was decent at the mic. He said some things that were, you know, just standardized stuff. And he also, you know, he didn't fully commit to Matt Stafford. And other than that, I I wasn't very blown away. I mean, I would love to be behind Brad Holmes and hopefully I will be. But I was meh after he talked and after he got done, uh, my first blush. Logan, where were you at with this whole press conference that went down? Yeah, I, I think one of the reasons that Holmes was hired, it, he didn't really like the word we rebuild. And that's, I think that's probably why the Lions really liked him because I don't think the Lions ownership 
and Rod Wood and Spielman think that they're as far off as maybe a lot of others think they are. And so to, to continuously keep saying, you know, they just need to build and next year they're going to try to build the, you know, the best roster they can with what they're given and make things right. I mean, obviously in a rebuild, you're always trying to get better anyway, but um, I, I do like Holmes's approach, maybe to maybe being a little bit more transparent than Bob Quinn and more open uh, seems to have a little bit more uh, just showmanship. I guess I'll call it to him where he, he might, not, he said a lot of, of things you'd hear new hires say. He said a lot of just kind of cliche lines and things like that. But uh, there was a lot where I just felt like he was a little bit more open and, and honest and felt, it just felt a little bit more genuine than Bob Quinn. But again, that's not saying that it's going to build a great team, but um, I, I came away overall and rather impressed with Holmes, but again, you, you can say all those things. And if you can't, can't actually do what you're going to say, how much does that really matter? Huh? Interesting. You said showmanship. I mean, I saw a guy that can talk decently at a mic, but I didn't see showmanship. I, you, you said he said some, you know, some, some interesting things or whatever to me. I, I didn't take much from it. That was like, Oh man, I can't wait till this guy does this behind the scenes or whatever. And then I think he did what you said. I think he said a lot of things dynamically, maybe in these interviews and blew him away, but I mean, again, based on what, you know, based on being like the working his way up and being, you know, the college head scout, uh, you know, that's you can only sell that so far until now where it's going to really make the difference. So, like I said, I'd love to get behind him. I feel like me and you could get up to the mic and talk about this team and get people fired up or get <laughs> get some real things said rather than just maybe what he did today. But so I'm interested that you were kind of intrigued by the guy like i said i want to back him i want to like him i i my resume must have got lost in the mail or i'm gonna have to re-email him because i would love to jump on with a brad holmes and hope that it works out and bust my tail for him i do feel like he had a sense of charisma or a sense of yeah this guy's gonna work hard and he's gonna be all in with this franchise but it just wasn't yeah I, I guess shattering. to me trying to figure out like what what did you, what would you want to say with a lot of those questions and he can't give too much information just exactly everything he's going to do. And so for me, an introductory press conference is just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, what, what else do you expect them to say? There wasn't really anything that blew me away, I guess, if, if that's it's, it's what you're not, getting at, not, but at the same time, I, though. it's not information yeah. giving away. It's a, it's a sense of command. You know, I felt like, I feel like he felt comfortable up there, but I didn't feel like this is the top leader of our franchise. You know, I felt like he's a um, guy that's busted his butt and scouting and he can he can talk to you in the hallway and and do all that kind of stuff. But I just didn't feel like this this real sense of vision too. He didn't really give his whole like, what's your vision for this team? I didn't want to hear smart, fast, you know, physical, what everybody says, right? I wanted to hear something a little bit more intelligent, dynamic about, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to get this team rolling? You know, it was a bunch of not only nothing, but it wasn't anything that grabbed me and said, wow, this guy, even though he's not saying anything, he's saying a lot. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Again, first, first read, I have to go back. I mean, I'll, once he starts making picks and, and acquisitions, then we'll know more. But I just, so you were impressed rather than meh. I, I'm not going to say overly impressed just because I, I don't think it's really easily to be like super impressed 
from this type of press conference, which is truly mm-hmm. just an introduction type of press conference. But I, I thought he said a lot of the right things, and that's probably why he interviewed well as uh, well. But I, right. I did like too just at the end when he you know yelled out one pride. Like that's what I, when I said showmanship, I wasn't necessarily meaning <laughs> you know exactly showmanship, but there was just a little bit more you know, oomph from him than there was from the past regime. And anytime you have a past regime like Bob Quinn and Patricia who fail miserably, it's just nice to have something different. I, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Right. No, I'll go with you on that. I, I agree on those fronts. Grifka, we're coming to you. I know you've been sitting there patiently. Um, did you see this? Did you hear this? What do you think about some of the things me and Logan said? Where are you at with this presser? And you don't have to win the presser, but it, but this fan base needs something to get excited about as well as a leader that's going to just take this team to the next level. We don't need this collaboration of Rod Wood, Sheila, Mike Disner, and Brad Holmes, and the coach. We need somebody that's going to like, you know, be that top guy and lead. Am, am I off base on this or what? Oh, I, I agree with you having like some sort of command that people know who you are as you walk through the building. And obviously people know that, but you know, as a leader, there's different types of leaders. There's ones that lead by fear and ones that lead by example. And I believe Brad Holmes is going to be one of those guys, you know, leading by example, showing class. We all, you know, the Lions preach it every year. They're always looking for those guys that are on the field, on and off the field. Don't, don't cause any havoc. There's no trouble with them. And, I believe Brad Holmes, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that leads by example. It's going to be class, you know, all the way. And I even get that feeling like listening to like Chris Spielman talk too. So that's what they're really trying to do. And that's going to lead to, like you said, nothing dynamic or anything like that where you're not looking for P.T. Barnum up there, you know. You know, don't, you know, look at this and look at this. You're just like this, you know this is what we're going to be. We're going to be a class organization. We're going to have a classy team, you know, high, you know, we're going to be, you know, turn this into a well thought of organization. So I'm fine with that. I mean, the press conferences are all coach speak to me. Anyways, they say so much without saying the damn thing. That's, that's all those things are. It's just Griff, cliche after cliche. I, I should have asked you this. Did you actually hear it? Or are you just going off of what you, what you heard or what we said? No, I heard a couple blips that um, people posted here and there, but I didn't sit there and watch the whole thing. I wasn't yeah. like you know me, man. That's just like people like, hey, this is a good sound bite, and it's like, yeah, you know. So they're mostly coach speak to me, anyways. Well, yeah, understood. But like, I I'm not having him to go up there and juggle and do all these tricks. What I wanted to have him do is like captivate me to be like. Man, I knew nothing about this guy other than he was a Ram Scout, and now I'm fired up. Now I feel like we have a strategic, intelligent, bold leader. And I walked away with, yeah, he seems all right. Uh, we'll see what he does, <laughs> you know, which is like, you know, I, I I agree with what Logan said, that he's got some different qualities than Quinn Patricia. It's not going to be his way or the highway, but we'll see how that works too. I mean, <laughs> what does Rod would get to chime in when, when we're on the clock? Like, <laughs> are you going to have to check with Sheila on every decision this guy wants to make? Or is he going to be... Um, really given some keys and some authority and, and the head coach as well. So I'm really, I guess my question back, it. my question back to you on that is like, actually both of you, we've sat here and said it on, on, on past shows when we've all been here. I mean, you've heard it from other people, maybe Holmes is going to be one of those guys that takes other people's thought into it. Didn't it seem like a lot with Quinn and Patricia, they were the smartest men in the room and they were like, it doesn't matter what you say. I mean, you know, I'm the smartest guy here. You know, you, I'm the man. Maybe Holmes is one of those leaders that, yeah, what do you guys think? 
I mean, maybe they will collaborate a little more. Who knows? Grifka, here's the point, and I'll throw it to Logan, and we got to take our break, get our great sponsors in here. I don't mind him collaborating with scouts, with an assistant GM that has a track record, has done some things. I don't mind him collaborating with the head coach, the coordinators, whoever he's got to do, other GMs in the league. I just don't want having him having a powwow every time there's a decision with Sheila, Rod, and Disner, because that's what it sounded like today. It sounded like this whole, let's, let's, let's put a vote in and whatever majority rules and like, I, it, there's a there's a great middle ground there instead of dictatorship it's my way or nothing and I got to check with Rod Wood ownership on everything like I think they're going the whole other way because they got brushed the wrong way by Quinn and Patricia that now it's like let's get this fuzzy warm front office everybody loves each other we all talk we all like get it figured out together and like I think the good organizations have that top leader that makes the hard choices and does everything and and you know he's cordial with ownership and he gets along with players and whatnot but it can't all be collaborative or what was their main word they used Logan on the thing? Was it collaboration? They kept saying like they wouldn't even commit to Brad Holmes having the final say. It was like, it'll be a collaboration of who of you, Rod yeah. Wood, of the owner who like, like I've always said on this show should be cutting the checks and like getting the right people and then staying out of the way and slapping them on the back when they win ball games. I mean, I don't know. That's where I'm at with it. It's like, yeah, it'll be better uh, as far as if you want to go out for coffee, but we're trying to win ball games here. That's what we want. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's the Lions are trying to implement just that structure that the Rams have where I think there's, I guess, just more delegating um, from the GM roles. And that's where Disner, I think, comes in, takes a lot off of uh, the plate of the general manager. And I, I don't mind that at all. Cause the general manager, I think their sole responsibility should just be finding the best football players for a team. And they shouldn't have to worry about, you know, traveling or like, you know, meals or exercise equipment or training and stuff like that. It's just, I want a GM who's dialed in, especially on the draft. And that's what I do like about Holmes. It seems like he's, He's pretty in depth when it comes to that process. And that's what the Lions need because the Lions need to build through the draft. That's you can always augment your roster through free agency. And that goes a long ways if you can hit on the free agents, but you build the core of your team typically through the draft. So uh, I I don't think that there'll be much meddling from upper like ownership and Rod Wood and Sheila Ford Hamp when it comes to per personnel and just who they have on the roster at least you hope so <laughs> logan I, I feel like i've been trying to get you riled up for this whole first big segment that we've done here and you, you, you're either <laughs> sleeping on me or you're just cool calm and collected we got a couple minutes left I, I know we've been teasing this break like in two minutes or less here's my thing to you did you not get the impression today that like Brad Holmes blew away the forwards in the interview process. They said outright he wasn't even on their radar whatsoever. They said Mike Disner said, you got to come see this, you know, random NFL interview with Brad Holmes. Then they said, oh, we got to get this guy in here. They, they said in the press conference that like halfway through his interview, they just wrote on their paper. This is the guy, um, you know, I, I'm going to stop taking my notes. My decision is made like they're all in on this guy. And I'm just here to tell you, like, I don't mind that. To me, that's like, if it's right, great. 
but all the other stuff about it's a collaboration, you know, the coach and uh, the work together, Rod Wood up at the podium. I mean, those are the kind of things that worry me where it's like if if you would have had a joint presser where Chris Spielman stepped up there and said, I'm really happy that this whole process went well. Here's our new GM. And like if they would have done it right, they probably should have just done the GM and the head coach together. This is our new leaders of our football organization, our GM and our head coach. Brad Holmes steps up there, dynamic, you know, eight-minute speech, talks about the team, talks about the history, sees how he's going to get it right, get this team turned around, he's going to work his tail off. And then, you know, Dan Campbell stands up there, talks about hard-nosed football and wanting to be the leader that the city's always wanted, and he's going to show you on the field. He's not here to talk about it. Like, aren't you walking away a lot more fired up than Logan today? He was half asleep going, well, I hope it's okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like, I hope the Ford stay out of it, but I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't you been jacked up with that? Yeah. What, that's what I've been trying to say. That's what I wanted. I didn't get it today. I'm not. No. Nah, when it comes to this type of stuff, when you just don't know, it, it's tough for me to really get fired up about it. Especially too, because, because they didn't do just... it right. They didn't do it right. They they gave you a that... meh instead of the what I would have gave you, which is this whole yeah. fired up. You know, let's get this fan base going. These guys are our leaders. These are our people. Definitely plays a factor, yeah. With with the guys that they hired, uh, it sounds like they were just guys who interviewed really well. But when you look at what they did on the field in terms of Campbell, he's a complete unknown outside of you know this stint in Miami, and then with Holmes. Again, he wasn't even really on their radar until they saw an interview of him, and that's what sold them. Like, that's kind of – that's questionable. And you don't want just a guy who's great at interviews. You want a great football mind. And you, you have to rely on other outside sources as well, just people that know homes and talk about him, and they say great things. But you hear that about just about every guy who leads for greener pastures. They, it's typically the case for, you know, every former executive that goes on elsewhere where you have other people – on uh, that know him personally that will always talk him up so to me yeah it's, it's just not something i'm super jazzed up and pumped up about unfortunately <laughs> all right well logan let me ask you this uh, we said we were going to spend a, a few minutes talking about this uh, we're, we're a good bit into the show now we do got to get those sponsors in will you be gracious enough to stay a little bit uh, after the break i'll ask Griffka to ask you his one good question he's got on his napkin i'll hit you with a few and we'll get you out of here <laughs> Always, you know, I'm always down. So <laughs> appreciate it, man. All right, everybody, we are actually going to get to commercial. Please listen to our sponsors, Anchor Podcast. Please listen to the other sponsorship, which is me with my other podcast, Believe in Lions, B L E A V in Lions. And it's not just me, it's the one and only Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. You got to go check that out on your favorite podcast platform from Believe uh, Podcast Network. Go check out Believe in Lions. So, everybody, please listen to those uh, sponsors. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my 
other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times a show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. What's going on, everybody? We're back from the break. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Kind of a heated, fun conversation there about everything that's going on with the Lions. I mean, we got a new GM, new head coach knew everything with the Lions. Everybody's new. Nobody's got experience. Every Lions fan hope this works. Nobody knows if it's going to work. I'm trying to get Grifka and Logan fired up here on the show, and they're half asleep. So we'll see how the second part goes. We're going to throw some questions at uh, Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions and, uh, you know, get his great responses and thoughts on the team. So, Grifka, I know we kind of – I kind of shut you out there, maybe on purpose there towards the end of that first segment. So, go ahead, and I'll just sit back. You fire off a couple questions, and uh, we'll uh, be educated by Logan here. Okay. Um, first question, I mean, Holmes coming from the Rams, and they're trying to bring in that culture that the, the Rams had uh, have right now established. My question is, you know, like you said, you're not quite for sure – what type of players they'll be looking for. But if they're looking for like maybe the same scheme or same type of talent, you know, that he's drafted out there, do you think there's anybody on the Lions that sort of compares to anybody on the Rams that kind of may fit what they what the Rams have? Um yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously I don't I don't know how much of an influence Holmes will have on the type of scheme that they they run, especially on defense, uh with with Campbell coming in again, <laughs> going back to the whole unknown, who knows what type of scheme he's going to run, but Aaron Glenn is reportedly going to be the defensive coordinator and he's the defensive backs coach at the saints. And I think Jeff Okuda uh, as a young piece there, um, I, a lot of comparisons to him in the draft to Jalen Ramsey, just as a bigger type of cornerback that can play man. And I know Okuda had his struggles, but uh, I think there's still a lot of developing to go with Okuda. And it's probably going to help out a lot that Aaron Glenn was a former NFL player and a really solid NFL player. And he's been a DB coach. Akuda actually has like a history, a small history with Glenn. But uh, outside of that, you just look at the, the defensive line. I think that's all pretty much Patricia's type of defense guys. And you look at if you're comparing to the Rams, obviously they have a ton of athleticism along the line. And even same with the Saints, where they, I think they also prioritize athleticism, and the Lions for the past few years didn't. And so at linebackers, the same situation. So it's really – I Holmes said today that there's some defensive building blocks, but I think that he was probably being a little generous with saying there's a few, unless it's just literally, uh, you know, guys like Jeff Akuda and Amani Ariwarie 
Trey Flowers, I think, is can be a solid player and like a four three type of scheme. But again, he's never going to be that true pass rushing threat. But um, yeah, that's just pretty much on defense. And I think on offense, still, we'll we'll kind of find out who the offensive coordinator is. But I think offense is a little bit more flexible in terms of the skill players uh, from scheme to scheme. So yeah, that was, that was a good question. Um, since Derek was nice enough to, you know, have me two in a row, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a quick two-parter here. Um, during the interview process, do you think, I guess the stat, the status of Matt Stafford was asked to the GM and the coaches. And my second part to you, I think me and Derek have debated this before Matt Stafford, would you trade him? I know like one of the offers I saw today, you know, once again, Reen was like, you know, obviously Watson from Houston, but the Lions would get Watson and Detroit would give up Stafford this year's first round pick and next year's first and second round pick. Now, of course, if I was Houston, I would do this. But do you think, you know, they asked about Stafford to the coaches and GM and would you trade Matt Stafford? Yeah, I think Stafford was probably a big part of the interviews just because he's such a big part of their franchise. He's the one big piece on their franchise. And when Holmes kept saying retooling, I really felt like that was a, a way of thinking that the Lions aren't fall off, far off and that they have some pieces in place and they need to build around those pieces. Now, I could be reading into it too much, but uh, that definitely could be part of the interview process where they just basically have asked for their plan regarding the quarterback situation and how they go about that. As far as trading Matthew Stafford, I think the whole – Deshaun Watson thing is it's kind of laughable if you have to give up a couple first round picks and uh, Deshaun Watson as much I think Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback but it's just kind of weird to me that the quarterback is the one position on the Lions team that's been the glue and already having limited draft capital you're going to trade away that limited draft capital and maybe have a slight upgrade at quarterback and really leverage the future and Watson already has a huge contract the Lions would be taken on as well and dead cap that would come from Stafford. So that doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I know it's fun to talk about, you know, a big quarterback swap like that, but long-term, I don't see how that would necessarily um, be great. And Watson's 25 years old. So if you're thinking way down the line, maybe it'd help, but I'm, I'm a Stafford supporter and I'm at the point though, where I do think just, the timeline of the situation with Stafford and the Lions, the Lions have to do a rebuild or a retool, whatever you want to call it. And Stafford has two years left on his contract. He's almost 33 years old. His trade value is not going to go up as he gets older. Um, Having two years left on his contract, which would be a pretty team-friendly contract for the new team, would go a long ways in his trade value as well. And if if it's going to take a couple years to get back into contention anyways for the playoffs, what's the point of even having Stafford around? So if, if a team were to offer, you know, like a high first round pick and a lot of times teams that would be willing to trade for Stafford are probably more of teams that have solid rosters and are just a quarterback away or have aging quarterbacks that need to get younger at the position. Um, I just think that, at the right price. Yeah. I I think all options should be on the table, but you shouldn't be at a point either where you're just trying to get rid of Stafford for nothing. And he still has value and quarterbacks are not easy to find in the draft. And I, every year there's always the hot names that come up and 
the Lions pass on him. And there's a, a faction out there of Lions fans who are saying, how can we pass up the next franchise quarterback? But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, the, the first round quarterback hit rate is still only probably like 40% on the guys you hit. So it's not great odds. And it's even more difficult to do in the later round. So I, I think there would have to be with Stafford, there'd have to be a, just a, uh, a trade that would blow them away and would allow them to set up nicely for the future. And if, if they don't have that, there's no point of really dealing Stafford. Yeah. You just can't get rid of him just to get rid of him. So, uh, right. I like your answer there. You know, good, good stuff. Uh, Derek, what, what do you have? Oh my goodness. Well, where do I start with you? You two. First of all, I gave Grifka a couple questions out of kindness as well as cause I had to mute my mic and eat some of my food that I've got over here on the other end of the line. Hopefully you didn't guys didn't hear me chowing down. Second of all, I heard Logan say great question to Grifka. I mean, that, that should get you thrown off the show right away. Just for, just for that. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then we talked about Stafford, which we always talk about. I mean, we, we, we went down this road about him. Like, I, I want to piggyback. There you go, Grifka, off your question sort of about the whole this whole Rams thing. Everyone's touting this uh, Brad Holmes for, like, his amazing draft record. And, wow, look at the Rams. Look at their great draft history. Like, you can pull out some guys from the later rounds and whatnot, but isn't this the team that hasn't had a pick for four years in the first round because they deal them away for players and then have to pay those players and their salary cap's not in the best of shape and you know, all this other stuff. So my question to you, Logan, is like, where are you at with Brad Holmes in regards? You know, he was in the mix when they were like, hey, you want to give up a first round pick for Brandon Cooks? They're just giving him away like candy. Hey, you want to give a couple for a cornerback? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And we'll pay him $20 million a year. Like, I don't know that I see this great track record other than people saying, well, he had to be in the mix on Aaron Donald. Oh, they found Fuller in the sixth round. Oh, they got all these starters on their team from the draft. Like, are you buying into this whole, this guy's totally got his hands all over some of these decisions? And where are you at with the decisions of just giving away first round picks for four years on players that, yeah, they're good players, but... You just can't do that and end up being good for a long period of time, in my opinion. The Rams kind of went for it, and then they haven't got there, you know, and they haven't had to deal with the back end yet. So where where, where are you at with his draft as well as just giving away these first-rounders? Do you think he'll do that here in Detroit, or will he change up? Uh, he could, but I don't know. If, I can't really say if that was him that was making all those moves, and maybe it's more of a testament just to – the Rams feel like how they can draft where they can give up their first round picks and still find starters in the mid rounds. And for the most part they have now, you mentioned it as well, where they, you know, the salary cap is starting to catch up with them because they keep trading for these expensive players and they keep having to pay their top players. And, you know, Jared Goff's off his rookie contract and start making a lot of money. And that's, that's a tough way to do things. And really, I think one of the best part around first round picks is just that, you have them on the cheap for five years and it's, if you can hit on a guy who can make an impact year one and the rest for the next four years, and you can keep building on first round picks and even second round picks and mid round picks and getting solid starters. You know, I think that's a good thing. So I, I don't necessarily mind that what the, what the Rams have done where they felt like they were a quarterback away from really being a good team. And they made the move to get up to Goff, and they ended up in the Super Bowl just a couple years after. 
So it it worked. You can say it did. And now they are paying the repercut the repercussions quite a bit just because they are dealing with all the cap uh, issues that they have. But um, I, I don't think he's just going to come in here and trade away all of his first round picks. I just I think that he's done a lot better job on mid round picks and late round picks than Quinn did. But that probably not saying much. I guess kind of my point, and then I want, I'm going to move on. I want to sneak another one in here on uh, on Grifka there, is he, he was in on the mix on all that. You know what I mean? And if me and you are talking here on the podcast and saying, like, hey, we can get, you know, Ramsey, but we got to give up two firsts and pay him $20 million, do all this, like, me and you are probably saying, uh, no thanks, right? But Holmes is in with all these other guys, and they're saying, oh, it's a great idea. Let's go make that deal. Like, I think you're really going to have to – we're going to have to button up his track record, and it really comes down to when you make the pick. Everybody can say Grifka comes to me every year after the draft two years ago and says, oh, I knew this guy was going to be good. I told you I would have taken this guy. Yeah, I didn't hear any of that when they're on the clock making the pick, so I think it's really different. But speaking of picks <laughs> – Logan, I'm here to tell you right now, It's we're recording on January 19th. I, I'm going to prognosticate what's going to happen. There's going to be a whole lot of talk. There's going to be a whole lot of rumor and innuendo going around about the Lions doing this, doing that, whatever. I, I'm in more in the mode of that. I still think Matt Stafford's going to be here, and I, I don't mind Matt Stafford, but I'm also would be really excited if we got bold and made a move. But I think he's here. I think what happens at pick seven is the board falls nice and pretty for him. You said it last time you were on. Your pick was Micah Parsons. Do you think there's any player that fits a new regime more perfectly, a safe pick, a physical player, a position of need, a guy you can sell to pretty much the whole fan base, than with the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select... Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. Can't you just see them bringing up the jersey, kind of saying he fits everything they look for in a football player? I mean, I think that's gonna what's going to go down right now. Am I off base? <laughs> uh, how do you see it going down with this new regime now that you know who it is? How's this pick going to go down? And like you said, are they going to get bold with a Stafford or another big move, or is it going to be the same old, same old, lots of talk, and they're going to try to roll out a team and, t- and sell us hope? Ooh, still a long ways to go, but yes, uh, I I have a feeling that Stafford's going to be around this year. I don't think that they're going to make any quarterback move unless one of them were to fall that they really highly think of. But to me, I, I think they should just go best player available because there's so many so many positions they need. And I know everyone will say, oh, you got to have defense. And I agree that the Lions defense is the worst part about the team right now, and they could do anything to, to really improve that. But uh, this isn't at one or two pieces away from being in contention to anything. And so if there's just a playmaker um, anywhere, I, I would be happy to take him. But Micah Parsons, yeah, for me, he's still kind of my top guy for the Lions, considering that they need a linebacker. He's Parsons has the size of an old-school linebacker, but just the athleticism to – to be special and uh yeah he kind of fits i feel like he does fit that spielman that fits the spielman dan campbell type of yeah we're getting this old school linebacker yeah it's gonna change our entire defense and be the face of the franchise that's why i was trying to sell you on it. it's the safe pick all the fans will enjoy you can bring the jersey up he's not gonna 
He's not going to win or lose you Super Bowls, right? He's just a good first pick to make it seven. That's probably, you know, him. And then the risky picks are going to be the people on the board. I'm telling you right now, mark it down, Grifka. This is how it's going down. He's going to be our linebacker. He's going to be considered the best defensive player in the draft. Everybody's going to be singing high praises, but... The, the thing we're going to be talking about is you passed on these other quarterbacks, you passed on some of these game changers, and you took a guy that is is more, you know, meat and potatoes, safe to me. I, I want to see Brad Holmes go do something big, and I just don't know if it's going to happen. Grifko, what else you got for Logan, man? Uh, Logan, you mentioned how uh, Aaron Glenn was named the def- is going to be named the defense coordinator, and um, obviously – you mentioned how the Saints, the Rams, they believe in a lot of athleticism on the defense, and Detroit really doesn't have that. Based on where the salary cap is at, obviously with the draft, what they can do, do you believe Aaron Glenn you know, could be one of those coaches? It's just like, hey, this is what we're going to run, but is wise enough to, I guess, adjust to the players that he has or I guess is stuck with, depending on how you want to talk about it with the salary cap, or if some one of those things like, you know, if they're looking, you know, for, you know, obviously still, you know, fast cover guys, even if they don't have them, it's still the scheme they're going to run and try to force it on the field no matter what. Well, yeah, that's always the hope. And that's always what you want out of coordinators is guys that can just have great football players or even players that have deficiencies or maybe strength and weaknesses that they they can be identified and put in situations to succeed. And that's ultimately what usually makes a great offensive or defensive coordinator is having the players that are on the roster and making it work. And um, yeah, I, I want to say that Aaron Glenn will do, be able to do that, but going right back to the whole theme of the show, I feel like I don't know because we haven't seen it seen how he works, but uh, we hope so. It's me. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> um, I really hope so. Coach coming in. <laughs> Who knows? Um. But with the salary cap, the Lions are in a great spot with the salary cap, but I think they could make a lot of cuts. And, yes, it's going to take on dead cap space for this year, but at the same time save them some money and maybe bring in a few long-term pieces that can be around for a while and help them immediately. Couple that with some draft picks, and they could turn things around. And I, I even think uh, you know, get, getting outside of this scheme that the Lions have for the past three years might be an automatic improvement, <laughs> you know, no matter what they do, it's going to be, <laughs> Can't tough be to get worse. worse. God, right. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. Grifka, let me ask you this. Do you have a, do you have a question that can close the show? I got one more for Logan. Do you have something in your back pocket on your three by five card? Maybe just tucked away in that brain of yours that can close the show. I don't know. Maybe I guess it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I could <laughs> ask it right now and then we can finish with your, uh, brain teaser riveter that will obviously leave everybody on the nope. edge of their seat as he answers my question. <laughs> nope. We're, we're leaving you to the end. <laughs> Don't let me down. Grifko. Think about it real okay. hard. You get to close it up with Logan. Then we got a question for you to end the show. Logan, this is my final question. Who is Mike Disner? Why, why do you like him? Why is he involved? Why is this guy getting so much pub? I mean, he's all over all these publications. I mean, Grifka's reading about him all day online 24 seven. Like, where are you at with Mike Disner taking on new roles? He's a hangover from the other regime. Are you high on this guy? I mean, I'm just throwing a million things at you. I just want to know about Mike freaking Disner. 
Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because he's going into like his 14th or 15th season in the NFL, and he's always been just a player contract type of guy, a capologist. And so I think that's really solid because once he came over, he from the Cardinals, he had the Cardinals set up well cap situation. And even with Bob Quinn, despite not getting great talent, uh, they always had we're in a manageable cap situation. And that's that's what I like about Disner. And it seems like he's been around long enough where he kind of knows the ins and outs and can take care of more of the admin stuff. And again, like I mentioned earlier, put more just scouting on the plate of a general manager. And so I, I'm fine with that. I, even though he's a holdover, I, I think the, the role that he had, I had no complaints about where the Lions were typically at in salary. I thought with their restructures and just structuring of all the contracts, I always thought they were pretty solid. And take, for example, like uh, Hal Vitae, where everyone sees, you know, five years, $45 million. And you're like, oh, my gosh, we just paid this backup tackle huge money. And it, it was a big risk. But then you start looking at the contract and you're like, oh, well, it's basically a two-year deal and they can get out of it after the second year if it doesn't work out. So it's like a calculated risk. And a lot of that was due to the contract. I, I just thought the contract uh, was a good contract, even though it, from from afar and just looking at the raw numbers, it looks like a horrible contract. But obviously, Vitae is going to have to be able to improve and stay healthy next year. But it's it's not like it's going to kill the franchise down the road. And I he Disney did a lot of contracts like that, and I I don't necessarily like that there was always like an extra year of the prorated signing bonus that even when these guys are off the team they still count against the cap. But it's it was just a good way to just kind of keep spreading things out and not never letting the Lions get in a super bad cap situation. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he does. I, I really hope Mr. Disner can work some magic because you're, you're talking about only have Hal Vitae for two years. Hey, maybe he can improve. He's got to go, just like a bunch of other people on this team. So they got to figure out how to get out of some of these contracts. That's what Disner needs to focus on. And the word I hear is Rod Wood's boy. So these two guys are sitting there talking about debits and credits together and, and you know sharpening their pencils or whatever they're doing. Like I feel like they're just this two-man team, and that really worries me. But like you said, I'm really interested how, how integral he'd be or if it's going to be more of the Holmes-Campbell show and these guys will kind of fade up in the background. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But like I say, nobody knows about this guy, but now he's getting all this pub today in the presser and everybody's talking about what he's doing and Rod Wood loves him. And, you know, it's just something to think about people out there that are listening. All right, Grifka, I don't have a drum roll sound bite, but I put I put a lot of pressure on you here that uh, you just got to bring the heat. So, like, let's get Logan a good question. Let's maybe do it with a little bit of juice. I'm the only one with juice today on the show. And let's close this out right. Go ahead, sir. Okay, when it was leaked out or it was pretty much found out that Dan Campbell was going to be named the coach, it was pretty much blasted everywhere on social media. Uh, Derek had tweeted it out, and I responded to Derek by saying, <laughs> if it's going to be Dan Campbell, I believe he'll need some established coordinators, offense and defense to, I guess, help him out. Well, that obviously didn't happen with the defense if it's going to be Aaron Glenn. I mean, he's been a position coach but never a coordinator. Do you think they'll find somebody established as an offense coordinator, or is this going to be another one of those maybe position coaches that learned under a good coordinator, and it's going to be like, okay, we're going fresh, new blood all over the place? New everything, Logan. We don't want anybody that's ever done anything. We just want it all new. Oh my all fresh God. faces. I hope it works. Yeah. <laughs> 
I could act. It's kind of funny because I could almost see Daryl Bevel coming back or something like that. And I, I wouldn't necessarily hate it because I think when we saw Daryl Bevel uh, just do his own thing, the Lions were a very aggressive team. They took shots on the field. Uh, they weren't nearly as predictable when Patricia wasn't around. But yeah, they. I've been preaching it all all offseason. It'd be super nice to have people that know what they're doing and not first time go around and be like, all right, let's hope you figure this out on the fly and just make things happen. But uh, I, I think, I think, I keep saying I think, they will get someone with some experience, but who knows? I Continuing on the theme of the entire podcast, who knows? <laughs> this is why we come to you for that expert analysis, Logan. Of, <laughs> we don't know. We hope. I, 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 I'm unsure. Uh, Chris is not quite for sure. We, we don't know. We, like I say, yeah. this is normally the Kool Aid cast where I'm firing people up, saying like we're we're about to get this whole thing turned around. Right now, I think everybody just needs to uh, be excited. I'm gonna throw another. Uh, what, what do they say on Good Morning Football? This is my Oakry doom doom lock of the week again that I, I just don't see Bevel coming back. I've said it multiple times. I think he's just a he's a good dude. He did a pretty good job, but I think he's got that little bit ego in him where he's going to be like, man, if I'm not the head coach, I'll go somewhere else and be either a great coordinator or try to be a head coach down the road. I can't see him taking a back step. Because then when Campbell does something that he doesn't agree with, you know, he might behind the scenes, you know, I wouldn't have done that. And so Daryl Bevel, I think, is gone. You know, we'll see what happens with the quarterback. But I think they're probably going to go with some unknown offensive guy and just try to galvanize all these guys together as one. I think hopefully that's the collaboration I want. Campbell, Holmes, Offense and defensive coordinators that I don't know can actually bring some heat, bring some excitement and, and some physicality here to Detroit football, which is what we all want. And I don't know, put up W's. That's, that's what we want when it's all said and done. So, Logan, before I hit Grifka with his final question, I mean, it's very important to the podcast that we ask it each week and check in with him. But before we do that. Is there anything you'd like to uh, throw out there? I know you're continuing to put up good articles that drop on Twitter as well as the uh, Sports Illustrated website. You want to go ahead and throw that out or tell people what you're up to these days? Oh, yeah. So the usual. Um, Al Lamarandier on Twitter. Uh, same thing. Instagram. I usually just post stats there. And Facebook as well. I got a page going there. Uh, Detroit Lions Lowdown. You can find everything from SI.com or the actual website, si.com, NFL slash Lions. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, there's nothing outside of just trying to figure things out and, you know, doing research on these new guys coming in. You know, that's pretty much all I've been working on lately, trying to just get caught up to speed and uh, as well as the draft. It's, it's This is typically heavy draft season for me, but I'm kind of taking, you know, a little hiatus from that as we figure out the new regime. Logan is always bringing the knowledge on Twitter. He's bringing out great stats, great little insights for people. And uh, Logan, if you want to chat with me offline, we can get you caught up on the draft, man. I'm all over this. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Grifka again, three by five card. He's sitting in his lazy boy. He watched a couple people this year uh, during the season. So he's ready too for lazy boy scouting. Grifka, do you think it's a, a surprise that these are often our highest rated shows when Logan comes on and, and it's not so highly rated when, I don't know, it's featuring uh, you 
Well, Logan's a very well-respected writer, and he's very knowledgeable. I mean, he's probably the smartest guy on the show. So, uh, yeah, I can see why it's highly rated. Oh, a nice little half dig by Griff Quebec. I mean, we'll let that one slide because we got to get this in and we got to close up the show. So, everybody, this is a big week in Detroit Lions history. We have a new GM, hopefully for the next five years and beyond. We hope he does some big things. Dan Campbell will be introduced pretty soon so all you guys take out that glass go to the refrigerator fill up and do some drink some detroit kool-aid drink it in with that being said grifka do you have anything else for the people uh nope i thought you might have something today i really thought it might happen everybody uh drink it in get that cornbread hot and bubbly uh we all hope this works out we're unsure we'll have more answers here in the coming months everybody drink that detroit kool-aid thank you so much for listening take care everybody we're out Drink it in!